Welcome to Pillars of Franchising. And today's guest is Robert Dillon. He's a franchise owner uh, of a Molly Maid in Highland Park. Robert, how are you doing today? Just terrific, Ray. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. I think it's going to be a good show. I'm really looking forward to it. And today's topic is going to be difficult customers. And difficult customers come in all flavors. And uh, I think anybody who owns a franchise more than likely is dealing with the general public and has difficult customers. And uh, I believe uh, prior to the show, you and I were just talking a little bit about what you may have encountered in your – how long have you been in business now? We're working on our 21st year Whoa. with uh, with with Molly Maid. And, uh, of course, you never run into any difficult customers, do you? No, not, not even once, so I'm not sure why I'm on the show. <laughs> All right, we're over. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, I'm here too, folks. <laughs> so, so, uh, I, I, what, what is your first line of defense when you uh, encounter a, a customer that you would consider difficult? Oh, that's a boring question. Let's start out with what is your worst horror story of a, a bad client? That's more well, fun. If someone qualifies at that level, that becomes a former client. If they really are a a horror story, because the most valuable commodity that any business owner has is their employees. Nothing is more important than their employees. And if they qualify to be the worst of the worst, they're not just terrorizing the business owner. They're terrorizing the employees. And that's when you, you need to you need to know how to to cut bait and how to politely say we're no longer a good fit. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and politely and politely uh, excuse yourself and uh, say goodbye. And you mm-hmm. can't be afraid to do that. You shouldn't be doing it very often. You should be able to think it through and manage it for more more often than not. But Ray can tell you that in the Molly Maid system, each team handles somewhere between 40 and 50 customers. You know, the team generates in a neighborhood of $150,000 in revenue. So if you've got one customer who is jeopardizing a team that can generate $150,000 in revenue, it becomes some very simple math. One customer versus $150,000 of, of revenue, it's very simple. You keep the $150,000 and you say goodbye to the customer. You cannot balance the uh, success on your business uh, by terrorizing or allowing your, your employees to be terrorized. You have to treat them more gently, more conscientiously than even your best customer because they're the most important thing you possibly have. You, I agree with you 100 and some odd percent. Uh, the only problem that sometimes we do run into is people don't like to be fired. They can do some very unusual things, and I'm, I'm sure you've run across it when you say, well, we're not the company for you, 
and they say, you mean you're firing me? And we say, well, yes. They become very irate and sometimes take action. Have you encountered that? In well, action in the sense that they can write a, a bad Google review or Yelp review or or a Facebook review. Um, you need to, because of the systems that right, you have in place and I have in place, if one of those reviews pops up, we're notified very quickly. So in a, in a very short order, we see it and you have the opportunity to correct it. But regardless of, of, the, of the fact that they may cause you additional aggravation um, because they're, they're just so over the top, you still have to protect your employees. So if there's some additional consequence uh, to be overcome, you have to overcome it. You just have to. Mm -hmm. And then you yes. you write a, a strategically written um, uh, response to a Yelp review or Google review, and, and, and you put it behind you because what will happen is the team will just say, I won't go back. And if you encourage them to go back, if they do, they'll do a terrible job because they want to be fired. Mm -hmm. Then you get in a position where it's bad quality work, and now you want to go back and fix the work and send an, uh, your team in to redo it, or now you're sending in another team. And now, now you've taken this poison, and, and after you've terrorized two of your top employees, now you're going to terrorize two more. The best thing to do is, is, is to the customer, I'm so sorry, and give them their money back. Tell them we're so sorry. It's no longer a good match. Your, your expectations exceed our ability to satisfy them. I hear what you're saying. I don't think what you're asking for is unreasonable, but I just can't seem to do it for you. I think it's better that we part ways, and I'm going to wish you luck in finding another service. We appreciate the business you gave us, but moving forward, I think we need to part company. And um, every once in a while you get someone, we've, we had it not too long ago, they, they just really resent being fired. They go, oh, my gosh, I've been fired by my maid service. They feel humiliated. You have to be very careful not to say it in a way that's going to humiliate them. But yeah. jeopardizing your employees by asking them to continue to go back, um, now you're rolling the biggest dice you have. And um, also, from a, a legal perspective, if a customer is that over the top, they're generally difficult on your employees, it's technically it becomes a, a hostile work environment. Now you have a whole other set of liability because you're forcing your employees to work in a hostile environment. If you say, okay, these employees can't get along with this customer, there are different levels of, of dissent. You can have a customer that's just not happy, don't get along so well with a team, and you can change teams. You can go to a different team, and their personalities will, will match up much better. You can move along and and uh, continue on with the customer. Not every one of these uh, difficult ones uh, requires uh, termination of, of the relationship. Um, but even if you send another team, you're obligated to tell the team that's, that's the replacement to say, hey, guys, this other team was there. They didn't get along with the customer. The customer was a little bit difficult. I need to let you know that in advance. 
You must show that team that respect. And you need to avoid putting that team in a hostile work environment. So Lisa Gunn, with her eyes wide open, and if they agree to go, maybe everything is dandy and you're fine. And uh, But uh, you just have to be really careful. It depends how over the top that customer is, how awful they are. If they're that terrible, you got to cut bait. You just have to you just have to walk away respectfully. Pull your punches. Don't tell them they're terrible. Don't tell them they're obnoxious. Don't tell them they're miserable human beings. Just say, I'm so sorry this isn't working out. Swallow your pride. Move on. Don't give them any more reason to be further aggravated. That would be my strategy. Absolutely. That's, that's the only way to do it. So have you ever run into any uh, uh, customers that, uh, you know, you've basically had problems with and then smoothed things out and were able to keep them? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. A- a- absolutely. Um, we had something quite recently um, that was, uh, you know, it's interesting. You can be in business for a long, long, long time, and you think you've seen it all, and then you go, well, I guess I haven't. Um, my business, like yours, we have teams that are dedicated to a, a particular uh, to particular customers, and but we have um, a quality manager who comes and checks the work of the teams from time to time. This quality manager goes to visit teams that might be struggling, uh, or there was a complaint on on a more recent clean, or just from time to time you're going to go to a house just to ensure that you're maintaining a high level of excellence. Um, my operations manager was out doing that very job, and she went to a house, and uh, she rang the, rang the bell. Uh, it turns out that the, uh, the team that was cleaning the house, one of the persons was standing by the front door, and there were glass panels on either side of the door, and she saw um, her boss, her, her operations manager, standing there. It was cold. It was rainy. She opened the door to let her in. That's a violation of our policy. We don't let someone in the house if the customer is home. We preview this. We tell our customers as part of the sales process, from time to time, another uniformed member of our company will come by to evaluate the home, see if we're doing a good job, make sure we're maintaining a level of excellence. It's a, it's a sales tool. People like that. They love it. We're, we're taking good care and we're maintaining a high level of excellence. But in the case where a customer is home, we don't open the door uh, for one of our own employees to come in. Customer's home, it's their house. It's They have control of the door. We don't. Um, and the person in the house, uh, unthinking, without thinking, just knee-jerk, saw them standing there. It was cold and rainy, opened the door, and at the same moment, the customer turned, came around the corner and, what the hell are you doing in my house? Who let you in? Yeah. So uh, I hope there wasn't 15 inches of snow outside. No, it, you know, it was, it okay, was a good. nasty day, but the customer was home. And this particular customer was uh, home, not feeling well, recovering from surgery. So rightfully not in, 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 in the tip-top uh, 
shape and maybe a little crankier than they might otherwise be. Um, the He was uh, pretty rough on our operations manager. She tried to, to explain she's lovely at managing customers and, and, and being non-confrontational, but he didn't hear anything of it, uh, tossed her out of the house and contacted um, our office and wanted to speak to the owner immediately. The best thing to do was to call him immediately and let him know you care, let him know um, uh, your concern and um, addressed him immediately and then followed. I followed up with an apology letter reiterating that we violated our own policy and uh, uh, asked for his forgiveness. And I emailed it to him so he would have the letter in his hand instantly and copied it by snail mail. Um, and so by returning his call immediately, getting a follow-up email and then a, a paper uh, letter, um, um, he chilled out. And we kept the customer. So sometimes it's just a matter of being uh, very attentive, appropriately apologetic, and not make, you know not making a bunch of silly excuses. You have to fall the sword and say, we were wrong. We did it wrong. We did the wrong thing. We have a policy. We protect your privacy. Um, we had no right to do that, but yet we did it anyhow. We were absolutely wrong, and I'm so sorry for our mistake. It goes a long way saying uh, any apology letter or email has to start with the apology. It has to be the first line of the letter. I'm sorry. I apologize. We were wrong. And if you fall on the sword, um, often you can, uh, uh, and, and if you've done a pretty good job all along, they'll cut you some slack. You, you ought not do it again, but you need to know uh, that, um, you know, we've been cleaning this person's house for a long, long time. The person's not well. The last thing they need to do is really to go shopping for another maid service. So we've done quality work for, you know, six, eight years and without any incidents before. So uh, we took a little bit of our hide, and uh, we apologize for, for being wrong. We were absolutely wrong, and I think that's important. Don't make excuses. Yep. Say, say uh, you, you, you screwed up. We, we, uh, we have policies. We address this issue. We train on this issue. We talk about this issue, but yet we still failed. We made a mistake. Um, and that helps. Uh, you, you, you throw yourself on their mercy. Um, I didn't want to lose that customer. And, Ray, unless I remember, unless I'm totally messed in the head, that's what I've been hearing you say ever since I've known you. Yeah. Am I wrong? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, you have to do that. That's part of you. You have to tuck your tail between your legs, and no, no matter how – Easy it is, and, and I'm sure it happens quite a lot with other owners. Uh, it, it's easy to, to say, no, I'm right, you're wrong. You, you can't do that. You simply can't, especially if you really know that you are wrong. One of the things I tell my management staff is, is when things go wrong, take that finger you're pointing outward and point it inwards and see what did I do to screw up 
And once you do that, you realize that, well, maybe I didn't tell the, the team the right thing uh, and that caused the problem or, you know, some other issue. But once you begin okay. to self-reflect, you realize that more than likely you could have prevented the problem. Did I just hear you but, say you, you would tell people to stick the finger up somewhere? Not up, toward. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get these words right. <laughs> I ask because we know I'm a marketing guy, and I know sometimes there's unintended messages. <laughs> you know, we the 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 instances that I refer to were, you know, fairly extreme, coming into someone's house, the guy wasn't feeling well, we were in his house without permission. We were there cleaning. I mean, and the people who came in were uniformed. It was Molly made car. We were doing everything uh, according to Hoyle except not opening the door. The team member is supposed to go to the customer and say, I don't know if you heard the bell ring. My manager's here to help us solve a problem or to evaluate or do a quality check. Um, can you let them in? It would be okay if I let them in. And once there's permission, then, uh, you know, they, they can even say, you know what, I don't want my, anybody in my house today. And we shoo them away. But mm-hmm. that's not the norm. The norm is the I came home and I found a, a little uh, spot on the kitchen counter. I, uh, there was, the, there was a, a dust buddy under the, uh, the server in, in, the, in the living room. Usually smaller things, not things that are so contentious. And it's important to have your um, management team and the people that are answering the phone for you to be able to have a one-call solution. They need, it doesn't need to be escalated to the, to the, the next manager level, and it certainly should never be, needs to be escalated to the owner for, to, for, for me. We're so sorry. Can we come out now to fix that? Are you available now? Can they send the team back right now? Or may send another team out? If that's not good, would tomorrow be okay? And if they're they're up, they're upset and they want uh, compensation, we ask them what they want. What would you like? We'd be happy to help you. They'd say, "I want to clean. I want fifty dollars off. I want hundred dollars off. I want it for free." Every manager, everyone answers the phone can give the clean for free, right there. Refund their money, 100%. Now, most times you don't have to give them all their money back for a small error, but I don't want them to have to go to their to their boss or go to me. Settle the problem and settle it quickly. Make them feel important. Make them feel valued. Apologize and give them whatever they want, up to the clean being for nothing. You may have a, a $0.10 cent error. And and uh, you give them you know a hundred dollars off for a ten cent error. So at the end of the day, if you maintain that attitude, it'll pay you back in spades. Yep, we had a a, a situation a number of years ago. Uh, we were out cleaning a home for a client that was selling his home. The house was uh, empty, uh, and the doorbell rang, and one of our crew stepped to the door, unlocked it, the door was locked as per our rules and regulations, and to see who it was. The gentleman proceeded to push our employee aside, walk in, 
saw the key to the house lying on the counter, said that he was the real estate agent and walked out. Now, the problem was he was the wrong real estate agent. And, of course, our, our client got extremely angry over this, saying, you know, what? why didn't we stop him? And from what my employees told me, other than wrestling him to the ground, which I wouldn't want them to do, they had no choice. You know, so sometimes things do get out of hand, even though we try to do the right thing. Uh, but in this situation, uh, the client was extremely angry at us for letting the guy in, but he's the one who actually pushed our employee to the side. Yeah, I mean, so, someone someone manhandles your employee. I mean, uh, at, at that point, you have every right to call 911. Uh, yeah. And and and, yeah. and and do that. Uh, oh. And it, it, the same goes for uh, because our staff is 100% female. Is yours also, Ray? Yes. Um, yes. We have to make sure that it's a safe working environment mm-hmm. for our employees. And you know, we're cleaning you know twelve, fifteen thousand homes a year. These kind of problems are almost never, but every once in a while you'll get a a guy that says the wrong thing or looks the wrong way or does something uh, completely inappropriate, and the teams know that at any moment they can walk out of the house, and I mean leave all your equipment supplies in the house. Just walk out the door. Leave. Yep. Leave. Get in the car and leave. When you get in the car, you give us a call, tell us what happened, and we'll take care of it. Yep. You've got to protect your employees, and they got to know that you have got their back no matter what. When you devote yourself to them, you dedicate yourself to them, and they know, no uncertain terms, that you mean it. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll get you'll get a, a, a corresponding response from your employees. But if uh, you say, well, I can't believe you just couldn't muscle through it, Geez, that was a two hundred fifty dollar house, and you couldn't have just finished. Um, you know, the, the guy's sexually harassing someone. No, leave. Get the hell out. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we, and, um, we, we we say the same thing. We recently uh, can't because this is fairly recent. I can't go into any detail on this, but we had an employee who was consistently uh, and on this particular day harassing our employees and yelling and screaming and swearing. And we told the ladies leave now. When they went to do that, he blocked them. So, wow, he's no longer with us. But uh, yeah. All right. So, talking to uh, some of our audience are new franchisees um, or people that are interested in new franchise buying a franchise. So, how would you, what advice would you give them on how to spot these problem type clients before you get them? So that way you can say initially one way or another, we ain't the right one. Because you've mentioned that earlier and that struck me as because I've had to do that a couple of times. And I, I find if I, there, for me, it became almost like a spidey sense that um, during proposal process, um, 
it was just one of those things of, yeah, this isn't going to work, and, and it's difficult to do. But especially in a service-based industry like you are, how do you spot – how would you tell our listeners you um, to, well, what to let, look for? Let, uh, let me say something here uh, to the you know, audience who's listening and say, oh, my gosh, I really don't want to go into businesses. That's what it's like. We are talking uh-huh. probably about – one percent, maybe if that, of the customers we deal with, and unfortunately, you know, that's they spoil it, you know. But those are always the ones you talk about. The next thing I want to say is one of the things that uh, our franchise uh, pretty much demands is an, uh, when we go out and do an estimate, we do the estimate not just to do the estimate, but we, we're out there seeing if the home is safe for our employees. And there have been occasions where we said, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't think we can help you. And that's because of what we see in the home or the, you know, maybe the demeanor of the, of the potential client uh, or something like that. And we just refuse to, you know, go any further. Have you run into any of that, uh, Robert? Right, you're, you're exactly right. The, uh, one of the things that differentiates Molly made for most cleaning services that, uh, our system is predicated on an in-home estimate for all of our reoccurring service, which is, in our case, 95% of our business. Uh, we do some one-time cleaning without doing an estimate ahead of time. Um, so sometimes you'll get a surprise here and there, but it's, a very small part of our business, you're going out to ensure success. You want to match the, the customer's expectations with your abilities. So it may be that they're very reasonable, but they want their laundry done and they, and they want ironing and they, uh, um, they, they want you to uh, alphabetize their spice rack. Or they want you to do something at, at a level that you don't have the capacity to do, and you listen to them, you say, you know what, we're going to fail. We're just going to fail because if we clean, if you've got a team that's cleaning four houses a day, five days a week, and they're using the same equipment and supplies, and, it's, and they're operating the same way, and you get one customer that wants a completely different type of cleaning, a completely different cleaning supplies, and wants it to be a, a deviation from the norm, you're destined to fail. The teams don't want to fail. Nobody wants to go to work and fail. The teams want to be successful. So if you go to a home, you're, they're asking for something that you really don't have the capacity to, to do. You need to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Let me tell you, this is how we work. This is how we operate. This is how we clean a house. Uh, we, our company cleans 2.5 million homes a year successfully just this way in all of them. Let us try it our way. And if you like it, great. If not, we can talk again. But let's do it our way. It's a much greater chance of success. Because if you send a team in to do something that's wildly different, even if it's not uh, from someone who's ill-tempered or unreasonable, but just wants it different. They want all their cleaning supplies, their vacuums, they're this, they're that, um, you're going to fail. And mm-hmm. if your customer, if your teams fail, they'll be miserable. 
They won't enjoy their job, and it creates turnover. And, again, the most important thing we have are the, are the people that clean the homes. So if you send them out to fail, um, you're, not only are they going to fail, you're, not gonna, you're gonna turn the customer over, you're gonna lose your employees, and you jeopardize your business. Terribly important to recognize their happiness is critical. Their safety is the most important thing that we have. Ray and right. my responsibility, overwhelmingly more than anything else, more than cleaning, is the safety of our employees. Now, safety isn't really an issue in house cleaning, not so much. We use certain cleaning supplies. We don't let them use bleach. We don't let them use ammonia because it's unsafe to do. But you got to make sure that the teams are set up for success. So at the end of the day, they go, that was a good day of work. I liked going to Molly Maid, and I'm looking forward to going home, getting a good rest, spending some time with my family, and I'm excited to go back to work tomorrow. But if, if you've got a customer that uh, you're going to fail with, they don't want to go to work tomorrow, then you really have a problem. So visiting the customer, setting expectations, telling what you will do and you won't do. And don't break your rules because you need one more customer. You don't need that customer so badly. You need your employee. You always have to keep that top of mind. I can relate to you a story. About 10 years ago, I did an estimate on, on a one-bedroom apartment, and unfortunately, we have a very a minimum price. And we and when I walked in, one-bedroom apartment, you know, kitchen, living room, bedroom, boom. We have to, I have to set my minimum price because we can't arrive at the door any cheaper than that. But the gentleman proceeded to, to go through, well, what if I, you know, don't do the bedroom? What if I have the supplies? What if I provide the vacuum? Uh, and we went back and forth for quite a long period of time. Finally, I said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. And I proceeded to say goodbye and walked out the door. I was ready to get in my car. And he calls me back and says, okay. You know, so... We took him on as a client, and this, I think, is about 10 years ago, and he's still our client. <laughs> you know, so you just never know how these things are going to work out. Right, because you know more about the cleaning business than he does, uh, but you'll get an awful lot of people that will take the uh, an attitude that they know more about your business than you do. And somebody has to be in charge, and it has to be you. And yeah. that's how you protect your integrity, you protect your employees, and you set yourself up for, for success. But if, you, uh, if you're going to go into uh, 40 different houses a week and clean 40 different ways, in, in a different way in each home, you'll fail. You have to have a system. You need to follow it uh, with the most minor, minor yep. of variations. It's the, the business model. You follow it. You succeed. What, what, what yeah. are the things that, and I want to uh, just maybe touch briefly on this. We have a few more minutes. One of the things that really helped us in our business is when we started recording calls. Uh, prior to that, we were getting crank calls uh, from people, gen the general public, not even a customer. We were getting uh, customers who would feel that they can just, you know, go off on anybody uh, and 
you know, like, it, it, it was amazing when we started recording calls how everybody really calmed down. And if there is a problem, now they're speaking in terms that you can understand without all the expletives. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you guys are recording phone calls now, too. Have you run across that as well? Um, I can't say that I've had the same experience in the sense of uh, of uh, we didn't get a lot of uh, uh, crank calls. You know, uh, you know, when I was a kid, we'd love to make phony phone calls. Uh, yeah. uh, you know what? A, what a disappointment it is to be a child today. This caller ID, and you, and you, you know, we love to call funeral homes, and uh, uh, that was our favorite place to call. Uh, that was a lot of fun, but <laughs> caller ID spoiled all the fun. But uh, oh yeah, we've had, we've had a couple crank calls I think over the years, but not many. That's never really been a been a, been a big problem for us. Uh, um, but the call recordings are very handy. Um, because um, we can go back and listen to what someone says because they're kind of excited. Um, and, and if a team member needs some help, it allows us to go back because sometimes you can't take notes more quickly enough. And it's just another tool, just like, you know, Ray, I know you have your cars a GPS track like ours are. You know, customers would say, well, you say you clean for two and a half hours, uh, you, you guys didn't even get here at 3 o'clock, and you know, the GPS will tell you we were there since 2. Um, so that kind of stuff is useful. That's just a, a business tool um, that we're able to use to uh, – um, and just because you, you want to give your customers every possible opportunity and you'll, you'll discount and so on, it, it's still okay to say, uh, you know, our cars are GPS tracked, and – um, actually, we got there at, at you know two, uh, three minutes after two o'clock, and the, the, let me hear your other concerns. So it's okay, it's okay to do that. Um, when I say that we'll give the customers just about anything, it doesn't mean you have to roll over in its entirety. You can, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to stand up for your teams. Uh, because you don't want them to go back and, and, and feel like you've opened the door for them to be abused. So um, some of this is with experience. Some of this is with maturity. Um, um, the, the best way to, uh, uh, to, to do this is to have done it. It's silly. You, you, you need to have the experience. But some of the things, like we said earlier, uh, managing expectations, visiting customers directly, having a consistent sales approach, having, you know, yourself being scripted or quasi-scripted. Um, we certainly are scripted over the phone, so we're telling the same customers the same things time and time and time again. When they, you know, they want to tell us that, well, you you told us that, uh, you know, we'll, you'll clean the house for $5 an hour. You know, no, it's, you know, it's $105 an hour. Yep. You know, it's okay to say, well, you know, we do record the calls, and I can get you a copy if you'd like. Um, mm -hmm. There are places yeah, we, where you can push back, but respectfully and gently. But, you yeah. know, when they say they didn't like the quality of the clean, okay, let me take care of it. Let me let me come over there. Let me reclean it. Can we come today? Can we come tomorrow? Uh, can, can I offer you a discount? What would you like? 
Because yeah. it's a lot cheaper to, to give away a clean than to go find a, a new customer. So speaking, speaking of, of contacting folks, uh, we are really running out of time, but I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you, Robert. Uh, so how do people get a hold of you? I'm at your website. Okay. Sure, sure. But but it's uh, my, I give you my email, which would be the easiest. It's robert.dillon okay. at com. And um, we, uh, it, the if you Google us, it's mollymade in Highland Park, Illinois. Every mollymade has a, its own DB, DBA address that, uh, uh, that they're almost unpronounceable and so long. Uh, but we're Molly Made of Southeast Lake and Northeast Cook counties. But we just say you put Molly Made Highland Park, Illinois, it'll pop right up. Uh, you can email, you can call 847 681 1800, option two, Astro Robert, and I'd be happy to chat with you. Can people tweet at you or Facebook at you? Uh, not a big uh, Facebook user or, or a tweeter. So uh, okay. for the email, um, I'm an old guy. What can I tell you? Raise the head of you then, aren't you, Ray? Yeah, raise better. We we certainly have uh, we have a a uh, we have uh, many hundreds of likes on our, our Facebook page. But personally, I'm not a big Facebook user. Um, well, we we leave that up to my wife in in, in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Ray, Ray is definitely ahead of me in so many ways. Uh, Ray, Ray's an inspiration. He, he's uh, not only a fine human being, but he runs a fabulous business. So he's an inspiration to every Molly Made owner in Illinois, and I dare say the country. He is uh, top drawer. A freaking men. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Now I don't know what to say. <laughs> Take us out, Ray. Take us out. Uh, one, one of the reasons that uh, I thought Robert would be a good uh, candidate for our show is that he is so knowledgeable and he has uh, 21 years of experience. And uh, it, and I, I think that knowledge and that type of uh, uh, attitude is what a, a business owner needs. Uh, I feel that many business owners go into the business and they want to, you know, they run into these situations with difficult customers, and they want to retaliate. And, of course, in this day and age, and maybe you could do that 10 years ago, in this day and age, one must be really careful about that because you could be 110% right, but you could be dead in your business if you if you continue to do that with uh, social media and, uh, uh, you know, things like that. That could really hurt you. So you're no saying about it, right? you're spot on. Yeah. You're saying using social media correctly to deal with clients is a pillar of franchising. Uh, yes, you could say that. But uh, you know, we've had uh, take us out, Ray. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> we, take we, us out. We have we've had customers who've given us a, a a bad review, and we've turned that review around. So, so that uh, we make the customer feel better, and person reading that review says, "Wow, that makes sense. I can understand the business owner's, you know, stance on that." Uh, and it's it's not that difficult to do. And I feel that uh, people who 
uh, have a uh, look on social media and uh, for reviews, we'll, we'll, we'll find that anybody who has a perfect 10 or a perfect 5 reviews, I, 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 it, to me that looks like it's phony. So, you know, I think we're standing at 4.5 out of 5 in, in most of our reviews right now. And, and I think people look at that and say, yeah, this is honest. You know, we've got a few bad ones in there, sure, and we've disappointed the customer in one way or another. Uh, but we always uh, uh, respond to those customers and uh, try, try to look at it from their perspective as well as ours. And uh, I think in, in the end, a couple of bad reviews isn't that bad for your business as long as you deal with it properly. And on with, with that a note, baseball player, and you're wrong two out of three times, you strike out two out of three times, you only get one hit of every three, they'll pay you $15 million a year. <laughs> That's right. So I think we're at the end of our show. Is that Yes. Right? Yes, sir. So same franchise time next week, same franchise channel. 4 p.m. Central Time on Thursdays, you'll hear Ray and I talking with some excellent franchise resource on what show, Ray? Pillars of Franchising. Make Make it a profitable week. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Dylan. We'll 